have abilities. I just don't know what they are. My special skills include uh, viola, uh, web design, fluent in sign language, gorilla sign language. Silica-based quartz sand fabric, abrasion resistant, heat resistant. Uh, yeah, I do competitive ice dancing. It's what they use on the space shuttle to prevent it from burning up on re-entry. I do very competitive ice dancing. everyone out there in the cbc universe it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster alfred and as always i've got my gracious co-host chris the uncontested creator and possibly the wielder of the infinity gauntlet Cassidus. oh bam, bam, bam. what's up man you know i got my hand all up in there <laughs> clenching that fist tight is it snug up, man? is it snug is it like a bug I'm, I'm finna put some rhinestones on this cowboy yeah, how you doing man there's some little djembe out there <laughs> Old Bay on the djembe. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. I am psyched. Not necessarily because of anything we're going to talk about today, <laughs> but it's shots fired to <laughs> ourselves. At our, so yeah. <laughs> shots fired. Uh, hashtag shots fired. Uh, no, but Star Wars The Last Jedi is coming out in three days. Oh. So psyched. So scared. So terribly afraid that something's going to get spoiled. And yes, it's three days because we're pro. We got our tickets for Thursday. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, I, you know what's crazy is, and I thought my friend was joking about this, but he was he was saying, I think it was Alex, he was saying, I'm going to try to get tickets to the 250 showing. And I was like, <laughs> the two, like 250 in the morning? And he's like, yeah. And I thought he was making it up, but I no, they're showing it like. Oh, my God. All through Thursday to Friday morning, like it's it's, you know they're saying that this movie isn't going to make as much money as uh, Force Awakens, which I mean, I mean that movie made a ton of money, but I don't know, it might. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, if, if they're having these marathon screens, then hell yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good time to be a nerd. I, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about the movie beyond what we're saying right now. Uh, of course, we don't want to spoil it for anybody. We've pretty much gone radio silent in terms of any coverage for the last few weeks, for the last few pods. Uh, I thought that you had accidentally spoiled something for yourself, but that is oh, yeah. not the case. No, right? no, no. I've been averting my eyes okay. uh, Good. To, uh, during every football commercial break. <laughs> I don't know who, who it is. One of my friends saw something on accident for like 10 seconds on a TV ad. Oh, shit. Is that, that Luke is Vader's son? Ah. <laughs> you just you just caused like at least nine accidents and i don't mean like like pants accidents i meant like like car accidents because people freaked oh, out and, i'd rather the former god i mean either or either or okay we got we do have some stuff to talk about today not a whole lot but really big stuff especially two big things we're gonna finally get to our justice league review uh i mean i think everyone who's ever wanted to see that movie has seen it yeah. And everyone that isn't going to see it is not going to see it. But we'll still we'll still run it down a little. Uh, big news, of course, with the pending uh, acquisition of 20th Century Fox by Disney. Uh, we're going to talk the uh, intro to the Spider-Verse, the animated Miles Morales Spider-Man movie that's coming out next year. <clears throat> and then we've, of course, got the at least critically acclaimed Runaways, uh, Marvel's Runaways on Hulu, where... 
you and I, because we actually like this show, have seen all five episodes. Yep. Now, some of y'all might be wondering, hey, guys, there's a little show called Netflix's Marvel's Punisher that just, you know, that came out recently. You guys haven't mentioned one damn thing about it. That's true. That's because we have not seen it. We we could try to make some stuff up, maybe. Uh, I feel like that would be, like, almost on par with our actual thoughts about the property. I I hear it's good. (laughs) We'll get to it. We will get to that show. Uh, just not yet, not today, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's just jump into it. <clears throat> just right off the bat, Chris. Yeah. Disney acquiring 20th Century Fox, being mm-hmm. able to now, at least on the Marvel side of it, incorporate the X-Men franchise, X-Force, Deadpool, Wolverine, Fantastic Four. The Power Pack. Uh, the the power pack, big wheel, Galact, big. I think big wheels already firmly entrenched in the Marvel <laughs> Studios camp, but you you know oh, okay. maybe, nobody wants big wheel. I mean, it's a shame. We don't know what they have planned for twenty twenty two. Oh, <laughs> but we get we get Galactus, Silver Surfer, Doctor Doom, just to name a few. How do you feel about this though? Is this a good thing? Is it is it is it a bad thing? Is it a little bit of Guardians? A little bit of both? You know, like. Hmm. Where do you stand yeah. on this? Yeah, this is pretty much Peter Quill territory. This is a. Uh, I, I feel like somebody just opened the seventh seal, man. <laughs> Parts this big in Hollywood shouldn't move that often. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a uh, part of me is happy because like I want just I want these properties to be good. I want you know I, could, I want a good Fantastic Four movie one of these days. <laughs> Can but... it happen? That it, this is like the age old. It's it's essentially the immovable object. Versus the irresistible force yeah. of like Marvel Studio Shine versus the Fantastic Four cesspool of Ugh. a fran- like which is gonna win out in that battle. <laughs> it, but I don't know. This might be this kind of to me. It seems a little shaky. It seems a little bit of a, an, area, an area for concern. Yeah. Um. Just because you have all this power vacuum, or I guess not power vacuum, like this black hole consuming all of everybody's collective childhoods. Yeah. And I don't know where it goes. They're basically Unicron at this point, <laughs> right? Like, that's a Transformers animated. You know, I we keep getting notes from listeners, uh, so I do want to, that we are a little too inside baseball sometimes. I mean, so we're I'm, starting in the weeds here with, like, I'm, company talk. I'm not trying to mansplain things, but, like, I am <laughs> trying to make a more concerted effort to sort of explain some of the more weird references I'm going to make. So, like, Unicron, the animated Transformers movie from the 80s. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. Voice by Orson Welles. It's better, better than any of the Michael Bay films uh, times a thousand. Uh, yeah, it, it, I feel like as a nerd, as a fan of, of comic books, comic book movies... You can be excited because, yeah, Wolverine could be in the Avengers. Mm. Uh, you could have an Avengers versus X-Men movie somewhere down the line. ABX. You could have my dream of making Mr. Fantastic a villain and the best villain and most formidable villain for everyone in the MCU. Victor Von Doom, man. Yeah, okay. But what about both of them, though? What if they joined forces? Oh. Right? I mean, oh. so what I'm saying is that the, the, the possibilities are almost limitless now and, and that's cool that's really great from mm-hmm. a nerd perspective but from like a larger industry-wide perspective 
you know, this is probably not that great of a thing. It's not good for directors, for writers, for actors, because now they have less avenues, less opportunities to, to shop things around. Right. Um, you know, other franchises are going to get swallowed up in this, too, like the Aliens franchise, uh, maybe the Predator. I, I'm not really sure what 20th Century Fox owns. You know what, though? Ah, I just thought, bringing it back to Star Wars. Yeah. You know, like the super duper insanely uh, like anal nerds, <laughs> anal nerds. That should be hashtag anal nerds. That that, that exists. Put that on a t-shirt. Um, they got real upset once Disney officially took over Star Wars because when the movies came out, when like the Force Awakens came out, it didn't have the fanfare, the 20th Century Fox, you know, that music fanfare that, that usually kicks up. Oh, right. Yeah. But now, if Disney owns 20th Century Fox, they can put it right back in if they want. What if that was the whole reason why they did this? Thinking about the fans. (laughs) We're over here. (laughs) Who's doing it? (laughs) Look, they're just trying to cater to the fans. That's all Disney's trying to do. The mass is in the house. That's how you know when you have money, when you can retcon things in real life. Yeah. That's like literal, at least in terms of the film industry, like playing God at this point. Yeah, but on the creative side, you you think because my fear is that it's like it's going to breed like maybe a little bit of a conservatism, kind of like in, in terms of like a new IPs kind of being brought to the forefront. Definitely, I think that's a very legitimate concern. And not only that, just from a logistics perspective, pr- producing a film is not easy. So if Marvels or Marvel Studios is already making like three, four films a year. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to try and fit in like X-Men and Deadpool or whatever. Mm-hmm. What, like where, where's the time for all that? Like, you know, even if they retain and you know, they're not going to retain everybody on the 20th century side. That's already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I feel like, I feel like this could go real wrong real quick. It, it's like, we keep saying the MCU is kind of unprecedented. This movie seems a little unprecedented too. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, all right. So let, let's try to let's try to let's try to spin this a little more positively, though. Now that the the pantry is open, wide mm-hmm. open for Marvel. I mean, mm-hmm. at this point, they would essentially have everything. What What do you want to see? What's the first thing that you want to see come out of this this acquisition? Oh man, X twenty three, either a series or a standalone movie. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. Oh man, you know you. you know what I would like, and this is What's gonna that? sound, this is gonna sound insane. More, more Spider Man. All, all the Spider Man. I'm not, you're, not, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're, there you go. I would like to see. No, don't get me wrong, because this isn't the same genre of movie. But did you, did you ever see uh, Josie and the Pussycats when it came out? Oh, like, I missed that one. Maybe no. like 15 years ago. It's it's actually a really good movie. It's real. It's a satire on pop culture. And hmm. it, it's very like Lego movie or 21 Jump Street. Like they should get Lloyd and Miller to, to do this idea that I'm about to pitch, Uh-oh. which is they could do like a Miss Marvel, like the young, the the uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Spider Gwen. Um, uh, X-23. And, and then maybe throw somebody else in there, too. Maybe Viv. Viv Vision. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And do like a... Like a that demographic movie, something okay. that could be like sort of fun, kind of meta, like a little right. wink and nod, almost like a Deadpool, like a PG thirteen 
Deadpool, <laughs> but where it would be appropriate be based on the characters that would be involved. All right, Marvel Goonies. Yeah, um, yeah, like a Marvel female Goonies. Not bad. I feel All like right. I feel like the way our sort of social awareness of where we are in the world right now, I feel like that would be a that would be something that a studio would jump on. Yeah, it's definitely a demographic that's really not you know addressed much. They tried to do that gem in the holograms movie recently, and that thing was a was a no moss. It was a Roberto Duran oh. type situation. <laughs> oh, so um, let's see what else. Uh, okay, but well, speaking so, of Hands of Stone, <laughs> so you say X twenty three? I think that's great. I mean, yeah, I, I'm all for that too. And they can even use the same actress. I mean, she was fantastic. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like just. I mean, it's going to take two, three years before they get something going, so should be a little older. Uh, by the way, oh, this is this is sort of unconfirmed, so just take it with a, a heaping grain of Morton's. <laughs> but I saw somewhere that somebody posted, and it already got taken down, but it was very briefly on YouTube, some audition footage of a French actress, very young, like very much in the same age range of the rest of the Spider-Man Homecoming cast, French actress for the role of Gwen Stacy hmm. with a French accent. She was playing a foreign exchange student. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. It's, it's unverified, unconfirmed. I don't know, but I uh, just figured I'd bring it up. It is really weird. If I, if, I, if I can find another clip of it, I'll, I'll throw it up on the thread. Uh, yeah. Well, 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 anyway, so we'll definitely keep tabs. We we didn't want to jump too hard into this, the the Disney 20th Century Fox thing, because it technically hasn't fully been confirmed yet. It just seems like they're dotting the I's and crossing the T's at this point. Um, all right. Oh, by the way, if you guys, listeners out there, are hearing, like, a bit of, uh, you know, convulsing, like, uh, convetching, convetching? What's the word I'm looking at? Convention? Uh It's because we're about to hit a time mark on the podcast where we've been having technical difficulties. Oh, we're pulling back the pulling back the veil. Pulling back the veil, and we're just, we're about like twenty seconds off. I'm really Tonight, curious to see what happens. Back. We we've tried to rectify this three different ways. I hope it it comes and we, we you know we'll edit this out if it doesn't or whatever. But uh, <laughs> let's 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 go ahead and use this as a nice segue point to jumping into our thoughts, our review, our trivia on DCEU Warner Brothers Justice League. All right, that's a good sign. I think yeah. it's, I think it's still working. Okay. So I guess the uh, the comic gods want us to talk about Justice League. <laughs> <coughs> Who knew? Um, I think it was Disney shutting us down like immediately. They're out there, man. That's a good. That's not like we are pretty sure that there's somebody at, at the MCU at Marvel Studios that listens <laughs> to our podcast. I don't know how they would sort of preemptively be listening to it now as we're recording <laughs> it live. We don't have like a live in feed, but I wouldn't put it past them. Because yes, they, it's, it's Disney. <laughs> they just bought another giant movie company, like it was nothing. Like they were getting, they were getting some lean steaks. Yeah, yeah. No, they're at Trader Joe's. They're getting the ingredients for guacamole. They're getting like some tamales. They oh turn, yeah, 20th Century Fox. Yeah, they turned uh, into coupon. They got, they get some free chips and salsa. Like it's, <laughs> so yeah, it's totally plausible and possible. 
but that being said, whew, let's not talk about it anymore. Let's move yeah. on to DC before we get in trouble. All right, here we go. We're gonna try this again. Oh, I bet you forgot, but this is gonna be so much oh, fun. Oh no! It's no, DCEU no. flashback, Flash versus oh, no. Justice League. Chris, can uh-huh. you surmise the film in five <laughs> sentences? Ah, uh, here, right, here, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one little bit of like uh like encouragement. Uh-huh. This is the shortest of all of the DCEU films coming in at just 119 minutes. Wow. Apparently right. there was an edict. <laughs> there was an edict from high above in the Warner Brothers studios. They said the film had to be under two hours. It was mandated. So it was 119 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't right. make this stuff up. Let's try it out. Chris, five sentences, and okay. here we go. Here we go, memory. Um, you see? <laughs> yeah, I watched While this movie ba- like a month ago, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, Batman, I mean, Bruce Wayne, I mean, Ben Affleck is trying to piece together what he needs to to battle an oncoming threat. He knows it's coming. Wonder Woman is busy in Paris, kind of, or I think it's Paris, where <laughs> she's thwarting a... a a heist? No, no, no. That's straight up terrorism attack. Uh, these, these guys take over buildings. She just, you know, she kind of swoops in there and protects everybody at the last minute and uh, ends up saving the day pretty sporac- uh, miraculously. Um, we also, uh, that's sentence one. <laughs> I, I'll give you I'll give you this little bit of like a comic and join here. This can still be sentence one. I feel like it fits. Okay. Um, I'm going to allow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bruce and Alfred have tracked down the whereabouts of the next kind of metahuman that they need to find, Aquaman, and uh, to uh, who is unreceptive of Bruce's uh, request of joining up for his advances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pushing hard. Um, (laughs) That's two. Wow, that's two. That's one. That's one. So okay, now since okay, 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 okay. We get the we get Diana's flashback of the first age of heroes. When uh, Steppenwolf, the metal band, um, was kind of like destroyed by the combined might of the Olympian gods, the the tribes of men, and the Atlanteans, um, kind of who you each took the power core, uh, the MacGuffin box, mother box. <laughs> and, Same thing. Uh, <laughs> by the way, just real quick, shout out to uh, to a podcast, uh, Superman Explained Me This, where where they do a review of this, but they they spent a considerable amount of time talking about. That's a two female lead podcast, by the way. Yeah. But they talk about mother boxes and how immediately oh, whoa, they just yeah. were like vaginas. <laughs> like it, that's it. The cradle and, of motherfucking civilization, man. Yeah, and like I was like, that's a that's actually right. Yeah, that's a stew. That's a good point. It's <laughs> a really good point. So shout out to them. Uh, please continue. After the Lord of the Rings flashback, Aquaman knows that he needs <laughs> to join up, um, yeah. and uh, joins Bruce, Diana, Cyborg from out of nowhere, and uh, the Flash from out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, as a as the Justice League, as the as the team, as. Yeah. My, my name is Jonas. And everything's going to go super smoothly. They don't need anyone else or anything <laughs> to do anything else. Wait a else. minute. There was one guy. Uh, Bruce huh? is planning to bring back Ultron. I mean, Spider- uh, Superman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically comes almost off the hinges when Superman tries to go all Justice Lords and destroy him. And everybody else in the process. But then Lois shows up and then Superman kind of uh, remembers Martha. And, uh, oh, Martha. He, he's so right important. Again. 
<laughs> so important to Martha. Martha Martha is the most powerful entity in the DCEU, hands down. <laughs> Shout out to Diane Lane, man. <laughs> Martha. Um, while they were uh, reviving uh, Vision, I mean su- Superman, um, they uh, Steppenwolf came in on his magic carpet and took all the mother boxes. And now nice he's drop. Love destroy that. the world. And uh, except, uh, wait a minute. No, you don't, no, you don't, Mr. Man, because uh, uh, Superman's good now. And he's laughing. He's having fun. Well, it kicks your ass. Somebody good old yeah. time. Truth, justice, and the American way. <laughs> they didn't say American way, though. I was I was surprised. I thought they were going to go for it. They, they backed off at the last second. Yeah. Uh, I tried. Much good. like Joss. Much like Joss Whedon, I tried. Yeah, that was pretty good, man. I mean, obviously, there's some stuff lost in translation, but much like the actual film, there's some stuff lost in <laughs> translation. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen the film. It's been a while. <laughs> but what? how did you... It's kind of one of those things where it's good, though. It's good that, that we've had some time away from it. Mm. How do you feel about that movie? Like, when you first saw it versus now, is there a big difference? Do you feel like it's... What you know, if you had enjoyment with the film, did that sustain, um, or if the problems that you had with it, did, did they grow a la Kingsman 2 or Kingsman huh. Golden Circle? Yeah, no, I think, uh, the, the my level of enjoyment really kind of stay the same. It really didn't, uh, it wasn't a bad movie, yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a really good attempt by DCEU to try to, you know, really correct their whole franchise on the verge of blowing it up, but, um. No, no, no. I, the, the faults I kind of saw with the movie are the, the things that kind of annoyed me. Uh, they annoy me in the present as well as, as in the now future, the now present. Um, <laughs> they, uh, the, the things I, I was able to watch kind of critically and, and for enjoyment as well at the same time. So, yeah, no, it, it actually wasn't that bad. I would actually not mind seeing it a second time. That being said, I'm not going to. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw it twice. I saw it twice. Uh, and... I, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was pretty competently made. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are problems. You can see the seams in the movie yeah. a lot. Yeah. A lot. And that that's something, you know, I don't think they really could control that much because, unfortunately, of the tragedy that befell the Snyder family mm-hmm. and, and what they ended up doing to say, sort of save the film uh, and also maybe course correct even more. I don't know if that was unavoidable in any way. So, but yeah, the seams are there. They're very apparent. Yeah, the whole uh, Ukrainian or Russian family, whatever they were. Why? That that whole tie-in was like, yeah, it, <laughs> it was trying to do something that was not necessary. So apparently, <laughs> let me throw something out here. The film, uh, some version of the film had three hours of footage. So obviously they cut it down with this mandate again, this 119-minute mandate. But my question is, if you're going to have to slice and dice on a film like this, why do you devote like six to eight minutes of this like D-line story oh, with easily, this yeah. family? Take it out. Just give more to Cyborg. Like, Why is he even doing anything that he does? This is his origin story. Give more to Superman... Uh, coming back from the dead and not being all there. Let's see more of that. I, That's I wanted, actually interesting. I, I loved that. 
Yeah. Uh, throw, let's throw six minutes in his direction. How about let's throw six <laughs> minutes into the most famous comic book character of all time's direction? Is that, <laughs> but no, no nameless Ukrainian family? All right. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just because they wanted to get to the beat where the girl sees that they're kind of like bug-looking demons. And she gets the And spray. gets the can of Raid. Yeah. I li- okay, I liked that visual gag. I did like it. Wouldn't have minded if he was completely gone. If the whole family right. were gone. I, also, we could have used six minutes of Aquaman in the water. Fighting <laughs> people in the water. Doing anything in the water would have been nice. <laughs> He's in the water for 45 seconds in the whole movie, man. I want to find out that Jason Momoa can't actually swim. And all those (laughs) things are CG'd. Oh, man. I mean, he's Khal Drogo. He's the stallion that will mount the world, man. Come on. I mean, again, talking about the the, the thing at the seams, that that scene that they added in where he talks to Bruce on, like, the sort of the... uh, I don't even know what you would call it, like the beach or whatever, like the before like he, a fjord, like, the fjord before he like dives into the ocean. Yeah. That whole blue green screen mess of a scene that they did, <laughs> that reshot re-shot scene that's painfully obvious. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, <coughs> pardon me. I I liked Flash. Wonder yeah. Woman was great again. I yeah. think I think you see they, they played Rick and Morty. Uh, like Rick and Morty in the background. I really um, okay. I'm gonna focus on Wonder Woman for just a second here because there's there's yeah. kind of two two sides of a coin. Just like the camera did. Just I yeah no that's exactly my point. You really <laughs> can see the difference between and I don't you know what I don't know I'm gonna say this I don't know that it's necessarily because of this. I think it is because of this though. You really see the difference. Between a male eye behind the camera, behind the lens, and a female, and Patty Jenkins who did Wonder Woman, because mm. uh, look, and it's it's I mean it's fine. This is a, a it's a fantasy superhero film. If you want to play up the like sexiness of the characters, both the male and female characters are in incredibly great shape, and you know if they want to make them eye candy, you can. But it's just really way more obvious in Justice League versus Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think Wonder Woman was devoid of that. It was just that in Wonder Woman, it was like, uh, you know, it stemmed from her. It, it Like, uh, the attractiveness is... was like her character. It was like, it was yeah, all yeah. of her. It was everything. Yeah, Whereas it, it, it didn't take away from her, like, agency. It wasn't... And in this one, it was <laughs> passive. Yeah, passive and low, as in low-angle camera, because... <laughs> um, but you know, whatever they did that for a few of the other characters too. I, I mean, I guess equal opportunity, whatever. Um, but the 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 thing that one of the scenes that I really really enjoyed in the film though was the Amazon scene when Step Steppenwolf oh, yeah. goes to the mascara, and they're playing like hot potato with the mother box. I love I, I love that scene. I I thought it was really well done. I obviously you could cheat, and there's a lot of ways he could have gotten that box probably more easily if you really wanted to. But in terms of how the how it was played out, how it was choreographed, I really, really enjoyed it. Even especially on the second time watching it, it it's a really nice action sequence. They they totally should have played Born to Be Wild on it. <laughs> I mean, they had like white stripes and stuff, so it's not like they they couldn't have. It wouldn't. Uh, let's see. But th- so that's my take with the Wonder Woman. Did any any other character either? rise to the expectation or or sort of falter from your expectation in terms of how they 
were portrayed in this film. Hmm. I probably got one for both. I mean, Cyborg, actually, I like this handling. Like, um, this is a... Uh, thank you. Finally, we see one time, like, where all these superhuman abilities are thrust on a person who doesn't want it initially. Yeah. He yeah. has to come to terms with what he is now and how he can benefit more than uh, how, how he can be OK with it first and then how he can, you know, what he can do now. Um, and there's a lot of ambiguity kind of going towards it because you didn't know Vision. I mean, Cyborg was going to, you know, be on the side of the Avengers, the Justice League or uh, <laughs> or Steppenwolf. And again, those six minutes, they could have utilized it to put it to throwing a little more of that ambiguity into his character. Because I did like it, too. I agree. Right, yeah. uh, it, it's a different, yeah. different part of the palette. Um Superman too, I, like you said, his going evil for a little bit was really cool. Uh, it made him finally be somewhat more interesting. Him laughing, I think, in the at the end, or like just having a good time in the final boss fight. I thought that was great. Like, of course he's gonna react that way. This was the Nothing... best. This was the best version of Superman we've had since the Christopher Reeve Superman. That that the the one at the, the in the third act of Justice yeah. League, where he's smiling and just having a good. It felt way more natural to the character. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you brought up the 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 the, uh, the goods the, the evil Superman real quick yeah. here. So yeah, a couple of things. Uh, so it turns out they actually did originally have a scene where he had the black suit, like from the comic book, oh. the full black with the silver ass. Yeah, possibly a mullet. <laughs> oh man, that would have been amazing. Why did they take that out? I'd rather have that than the the Ukrainian family again. <laughs> That family needs to not be there. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to the Ukraine, man. Kiev, you know you're struggling. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, even before the parademons got there, that didn't look like a place anyone should be. <laughs> don't be there. You know, try hard. I don't know. Just here's the other thing, though. Once Superman, so let, let's let's think about this scene real quick. Mm-hmm. They they take super, they take Clark out of the out of his grave. He's in his very traditional Clark outfit of blue suit, white shirt, red tie, like mm-hmm. the classic Clark Kent costume. They put him in the 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 water, the fluid, or whatever it is. They bring him back to life. Like there's a bright light, a big explosion. All of a sudden, he has black track pants on. Oh yeah, where did those black track pants come from? <laughs> they were under the suit, man. <laughs> he's wearing them under. He's wearing full length I think, jogging I like pants to, under I like his. To think that Superman at his core is a b boy at heart, man. There you go. He's ready to go. You know, just spin a beat. There's some. <laughs> there's some like uh, I don't know, like uh, some you know D- DJ Easy Rock or something out there. I don't know. You imagine uh, that would be the reason that he fights for the entirety of Earth is like uh, he was so enamored with early or with uh, the early hip hop culture, right? Like <laughs> like eighty two to like eighty six, <sighs> uh, just full straight up tribe called Quest, just <laughs> going on repeat in his mind. I I just thought that was really weird. It's fine, I because you know at the end of the day, and this is kind of what I think might have happened. Someone somewhere along the line, the continuity script pr- person supervisor probably continuity supervisor was like uh guys where did those track pants come from and they're like we have to digitally remove his mustache we don't give a shit about his track pants like it doesn't matter it's all a shit show at this point and very quickly touching on mustache gate so i'm gonna throw a little behind the scenes here for all our listeners uh for who for those that don't know this is a really great story 
So what happened was they filmed Justice League, right? They filmed Justice League, and then they're like, wait, it's too dark. We got to fix this. So then they tried to fix it. They started doing reshoots. And then Henry Cavill, they're like, hey, man, come back. We need to do more stuff with you. And he was like, all right, I'll do that. It's in my contract. I don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he was shooting Mission Impossible, what, six? Seven. Seven. I don't know whichever one they're on. He's in that movie. I think he's the villain in that movie. In that movie, he sports a sweet Tom Selleck-style mustache. Okay? So human logic would dictate that what's probably going to happen is he shaves the mustache and then either he grows it back or Warner Brothers. Because these are different these are different studios, Paramount and Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, you know, pays for them to digitally put the mustache back on him because that would obviously be the easiest thing to do. That is not what happened. <laughs> this is amazing. And what is like a supreme example of what pettiness is in the year 2017 Paramount came back to Warner Brothers and said, "Oh yeah, you can have Henry Cavill cuz you, you know, it's in his contract. He has to be able to do it. You can't shave his mustache." Oh. And Warner Brothers is like, "What the hell, man? Like what do you mean? What are it's we not supposed to, What are we supposed to do? Yeah, it's no shit. What are we supposed to do?" So they even took existing footage of a mustacheless Henry, Henry Cavill and paid to digitally put one on his face. To show Paramount, hey, look, we'll do this for you. We'll pay for this special effects company to do it. You don't have to pay for it. We'll do it. Here's all of this test footage that we paid for just to show you that it'll work. And they're like, nah, brah. Not going to do <laughs> it. So Warner Brothers and a pickle had no choice but to digitally remove the mustache. Wow. And that is why... He has the most uncanny of valley faces <laughs> in the history of cinema. Uh, there's that one. And see, the thing is, <laughs> you know, there's a scene where he's holding Batman up in midair, like when he's evil Superman. And they're, they're, just, they're right next to each other because he's holding him up by, by his, like, neck or whatever. And they're just, the camera's just going back and forth between their faces because they're so close. And my whole thought is, like, why didn't they shoot this a different way? Or why didn't they just make it so that he grew a beard if he wasn't, like, technically dead the whole time anyway or whatever? Mm. Like, maybe he just grew a beard. Or maybe he just has a beard. You know what? Don't even explain it. Just give him a beard. Who the hell cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks so weird. And the thing is, if you're doing an evil Superman anyway, give him the beard. Yeah. <laughs> At fixed convention, my God, it was the amount of money spent on just like the initial ante. Like, hey, we can do this for you guys. It's mind boggling. I, w I was trying to look in the credits. Like, who are the ones who just worked on the mustache? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the reshoots pushed an additional, I want to say, I couldn't find an exact number, but the, the range supposedly is between 25 and $75 million. Another movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing, this is the most expensive superhero film of all time. It's over $300 million of the budget. Jesus. Here's the other thing. This film is the lowest grossing of all the DCEU films, even Man of Steel, even Suicide wow. Squad. <laughs> like, 
just it's it's apparently doing well enough overseas and i'm sure through like secondary market and all that they're, they'll they'll make their money back mm-hmm. and maybe even turn a small profit but the fact that you can pardon me the fact that you can make a film that stars all of the characters and it makes less than any of the individual entries into this universe is just mind-boggling i don't even yeah yeah, the I don't even know how you do that. that. Not the, there was fan support. There was some dedicated consumers oh. in the DC camp. Yeah, do you want to um, throw that out there? The sure, yeah, there were, the Twitter campaign, on Twitter right? For a yeah. hot minute, there was a campaign to go uh, see the six six times. Six for <laughs> six. Yep. Oh. And, which is like a momentous task for anybody to take on Sports one movie fans. six times. Unless you grew up with that, unless you can quote it like in your sleep, I don't know. I want to see any movie that many times. Like I love Sam Raimi's Spider Man Two, the one with Doc Ock. Love mm-hmm. that film. So psyched about that movie. I didn't see that movie six times. <laughs> I, right. I, I mean, I, be, I think probably Star Wars for sure. Like the original trilogy, I've seen more than that. I'm uh, talking about like in the theater. A couple like, other movies from my childhood, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I just that's a Herculean task. Herculean task for the the fans out there the DCEU. <laughs> also, I feel like it sends the wrong message because they did mess up a bit in this film, and you're sort of encouraging it. You know, the thing is, like you know, we were talking about earlier, though they 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 were put in a weird position. You know, the Snyder thing, the mm-hmm. Joss Whedon thing, and then you got the also kind of the backlash backlash. Sorry, uh, 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 uh Joss, <laughs> just kind of timing as to what's going on in his personal life. Oh right. So the question is, uh, did you, okay? Let's 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 do this. Did you have a favorite scene? You know, we talked about Thor. You talked about Valkyrie. I remember that scene being your favorite. Oh right. Thor. What about in Justice League? Did you have a favorite scene? Or oh a character yeah. That really stood out for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's when uh, Superman was going crazy, and uh, Cyborg and Wonder Woman are right there, kind of in his face, and then Flash is going to run around. The, or I guess it's, is it Aquaman and Wonder Woman or? Uh, I don't know. Flash is running around behind him to, to try and do something. And then Superman just starts, he, he, his eye starts tracking Flash, and Flash just looks like scared shitless. Yeah. That was my favorite scene. It was like, yes, this is how you convey the power of this motherfucker. Yeah. He can, he, you, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's literal plot armor. He can do anything he wants. Yeah, no, that's actually my. I was gonna, I, I was gonna say the same thing too. We didn't talk about this off the air. That's actually my favorite scene as well. Wow, loved it. Lo- I thought that showed everything about what a threat Superman could be. I wish they mm-hmm. had done more of that because that was the whole thing. Like Bruce was so gung ho about it, but like, you know, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, they were like, uh, "This is probably not a good idea." Like, <laughs> this isn't a slam dunk. This is more like a Terry Porter like heave at the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably gonna go real bad. It's the end of the first man. You don't gotta chuck it up like that. Uh, but, but I wish they had done again those six minutes. I wish they had done more of that because in trying to help themselves, they essentially created their worst villain. Yes, and, and I just would have loved more of that. I th- I thought that scene was done really well. I did like Urza Miller as Flash. I thought he did a good yeah. job. I I really love the Flash TV show on on the CW, and but that's a that's a different animal. You know, it's just it's a television show. They get to develop things more slowly. Uh, it's a different thing. But but I thought he did good. I'm looking forward to the Flash movie. If they, they hopefully they're still going to make it. Um, mm. but 
let's talk about sort of the fallout of this film. Oh, oh okay. So uh, here's another little trivia fact. Oh, this really pissed me off when I found this out. So get ready Uh-oh. to be angry, nerds. Uh, <laughs> turns out the execs at DC, even with the reshoots having to come because they got Joss to come in and, and, and rewrite a lot of the script, uh, direct new scenes, reshoot old scenes. We got the whole mustache fiasco. Even with all of that, apparently the uh, the uh, execs at Warner Brothers had a bunch of their bonuses tied to this film hmm. and the several hundred do- hundred millions of dollars that it was going to gross. And so they wanted to make sure the film came out before the end of the year, before oh, the wow. end of some particular fiscal quarter or whatever, so that yeah. they could get their bonuses. Now, here's the crazy thing. I looked into this a little further, and the thing is, even if they had pushed the film to fourth quarter, which would have technically kicked in, you know, fourth quarter movies kick in whatever bonuses for first first quarter of next year, mm-hmm. they still would have gotten those bonuses. It just <laughs> would have been later. It would have been next year sometime. So hmm. instead of that, though, they're like, no, no, no. I want money, money, money now. And that's why they, did, they didn't devote more time because it's not like – they could have removed the mud. It, it was a, it's a pain in the ass that they even had to do that. They could have done a better job if they had more time. That's all they needed was more right. time. And especially with switching directors, switching writers, shuffling the whole thing. Like originally it was going to be a two part film. There's going to be dark side was going to be in it. Cyborg apparently was going to die. There's, there's a whole lot of things that changed, but you know, instead of giving it the, the, the time and the space that it needed to breathe to do that, they just kind of pushed it all, all in, and that's sort of the DCEU in a nutshell. I feel. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's kind of tragic just because these characters will outlast this property. These characters are oh, like one hundred percent. They're our new mythology. They they they're 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 in primary colors. Their uniforms are very iconic. They're going to outlast whatever whatever um, execs near this golden hang glider. I don't even know what the hell you call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's 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 piss poor management. So Ben Affleck's having a real bad time, as evidenced by his uh, performance in this movie. <laughs> he really kind of just mails it in by my eyes. Uh, some might disagree, but I just feel like he's not really in it to win it. So with that being said, there's been a lot of speculation as to whether he's going to be in any of the Batman trilogy that's coming out, the Matt Reeves Batman trilogy. Mm. Is he going to be in Flashpoint? Is he going to be in Aquaman? Is he going to be in Suicide Squad or, or or Gotham Sirens? I think is what they're calling the other thing. The answer is probably no. Uh, supposedly, he said that he will be in Flashpoint. Uh, mm. Ben Affleck has gone on record of saying this, but uh, you know, I don't think anyone's holding him to it at this point. So much so that there are two firm rumors, and this is kind of a, a casting corner at Jace thing. But we'll go ahead and throw it in here since we're talking about Justice League. John Hamm has thrown his name into the hat. He wants to be Bruce Wayne Batman so badly. Hmm. And honestly, I am here for it. Yep. I think John Hamm would be perfect. 
if you see him, and this is going to sound weird, but if you see him in 30 Rock, where he does these like guest spots as like a really idiot uh, boyfriend for Liz Lemon's character, he's he does this like aloof goofiness so well that I think they could. I mean, like like run it back a little bit. Like don't don't go that far. But I feel like you could really do some dynamic shifting between what Bruce Wayne is and what a Batman is with John yeah. Hamm. And he also looks the part. Yep. 100%. The other name, and apparently this is coming more on the Warner Brothers executive side, is they're apparently pushing real hard for Jake Gyllenhaal huh. as Bruce Wayne Batman. How do you how do you feel about those two names? Donnie Darko? Yeah, Donnie Darko. Um, the, is he the, a prince of, the, prince, the Prince of Persia himself. <laughs> 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 Why don't I have two Batmans? I mean, I think that I kind of think that's what they're going to do, though, with Flashpoint. I think. Oh, oh you mean just yes. but you, the same movie? But wait, you're saying so? John Hamm and Jake Gyllenhaal don't even address it. Just cut between scenes with them both being Bruce, with them both being Bats. I think that's the play. You know? Okay, here's what <laughs> I like single, that with a single frame of Michael Keaton cut in between. <laughs> Little Val Kilmer maybe in the in the back. <laughs> <coughs> I, here, actually, I, I kind of like where you're, I know you're kind of being a bit facetious, but I like where you're going with this because what if uh, what if you do what if you do Ben Affleck, but it's Flashpoint, mm-hmm. right? So it's mm-hmm. alternate reality with Flash, right? And then you do John Hamm as Bruce Wayne, Batman. Do Jake Gyllenhaal as maybe like a Dick Grayson mm. in that universe, and then. Uh, and also, I think there was talk of um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan because he's in, he's he's Thomas Wayne in the Batman versus Superman, and in Flashpoint, oh, this is getting so convoluted. In Flashpoint, <laughs> Batman is Thomas Wayne, and Bruce is the one that's killed as a child. Oh, okay. So Thomas Wayne becomes uh, Batman, and uh, the the Martha Wayne becomes Joker. So that's pretty interesting. But look, you do this in Flashpoint, you get so you have the very beginning. Like our regular DC universe, there's Ben Affleck, but then he's gone. Flashpoint. Maybe you do Jeffrey Dean Morgan for a minute. Or not. Maybe instead of that, maybe you do, again, you do a John Hamm, Bruce Wayne. And then you do a Jake Gyllenhaal, Dick Grayson. But then uh, John Hamm gets killed. Mm -hmm. And then Jake Gyllenhaal has to, you know, uh, take the cowl for himself. The mantle of the bat, if you will. Yeah, Yeah, it changes his name to Tam McGinnis. Okay, sure. (laughs) You could do that. You could also do Terry McGregor. I mean, you, you, there's a lot of different ways you could do this, yeah, and pr- pretty organically shake it up if you really wanted to. I think that'd be really interesting to see. In a I way, mean, yeah, just take ch- take chances. You have these characters; these characters all outlive the actors. Just yeah, go for it. Yeah, do something really, really spectacular it's that we haven't really seen before. Because I know I have a feeling that once. Uh, the fourth Avengers movie comes out. I think Marvel's going to start doing some of that stuff. They're going to start mm. doing some of like the multiverse stuff and maybe time travel or just different dimensional things. Mm-hmm. You know, where maybe we'll see a Spider Verse. And actually, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I think we're going to see it in just a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where where do you, what do you think they should do now? 
the Justice League is at. Like, apparently Aquaman is ready to go. Flash is essentially ready to go. And they are not going to run away from Wonder Woman 2 because it right. made so much money. So let's say those three films are going to happen. At that point, do you stop? Hmm. Do, you, do you start over? Do you give it a break? What, what would you do? Yeah, I don't really know. Um, I, I've always said that you know it shouldn't be this hard for DC. They they have like incredible things that are that have been written already in the book, and not, not not just the books, but the animated series and the animated movies. I yeah, I don't know. I think if anything, you just kind of organically build from one of those. Take one of those franchises, like you see Aquaman played out, um, Flash and Wonder Woman, of course. But try to try to establish something that feels right that that doesn't feel like um, like an executive trying to make a decision with an IP. Uh, just have that story kind of be you know so preponderous, so like you know uh, so unstoppable that it has to be made. Um, yeah, because you can't capture. I, I'm pretty sure you can't recreate the Nolan Batman's like they were trying to for the past like five years. So. They they have to have some other franchise. They have to have some other character. Um, and I don't think it's the League of Doom. <laughs> I don't think it's Justice League. But oh yeah, we didn't something. even talk about that. The the Legion of Doom or the League of yeah. Doom uh, yeah. with uh, with the button on the uh, on the post credits, which is Lex. We see Lex Luthor on a yacht. He's on a boat, and uh, we see Deathstroke come up to him in the most water like unfriendly water gear that he could be wearing. Like if he fell into the water. Mm-hmm. He would sink so quickly, Deathstroke, with all of that armor that he has on. Like he he would just he would just die. He he needed to put on the the death backstroke armor. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Um, that's what they're teasing, and you know I I don't know, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that turns out to be okay. I just I hate. Uh, what's his what's his, what I can't even think of the kid's name. Uh, uh, Joe Man Mango. No, 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 no. He's fine. The, okay. The, oh, the Michael oh, Sarah. Oh, little, clone. little, little shit. Yeah, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Nothing is Jesse Eisenberg. But it's just this version of Luther is. Oh, I just it angers me. Like it, it, it brings me no joy. Right. If they're gonna use the guy from the Social Network, they should have reimagined Lex Luthor to be some Social Network, you know, pioneer. Right. That's... Just make him Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Just make him a slightly more evil Mark Zuckerberg. Slightly. Or slightly less evil. Sli- or slightly <laughs> less evil, right. Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, is... shit. Neil before pot, Facebook.com. Yeah, how is, how is, how, yeah, our whole page is getting <laughs> shut down now. First, we had to deal with Disney at the beginning. <laughs> this is going to be such a hot mess. Anybody can get it. Okay, some quick, quick, quick tidbit trivia for the movie, because uh, we like to do that here at Combo Characters. You're going to get so mad. You're going to get so <laughs> mad. This is so good. Do I not know this technology? What's I, going don't, on? I don't think you know this. The original composer for the film uh-huh. was Hans Zimmer, uh-huh. okay, who did like a bunch of the Nolan stuff. I think he yep. did Man of Steel. He was replaced by none other than Junkie XL. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you... No, 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 no. If this is payback for the Luke being Vader's son thing earlier, are you serious? Okay, but I'm not done. I'm not done. Like all things in no, life. No, please be done. No, there's an ebb and flow because Junkie XL, once, once Snyder left the project, was then replaced by Danny Elfman. 
<laughs> and you can hear it. You can hear the original Superman theme, the John Williams scored Superman theme yeah. at one point in the film. You hear the I old know. Tim Burton Batman theme, I the animated that. series theme. So it's, you know, kudos to Danny Elfman. But I just, I wanted to tell you that so badly. This was Fucking so excited. God damn it. All right. And the last piece of trivia is just a i have the answer but i'm going to ask you a question this is i can't wait to see how you respond to this all right so Zack snyder was interviewed and he said one film above all influenced his perspective his vision for this film what film was it and i will tell you i'm going to give you a hint it's Mm -hmm. definitely a film you've seen it is a film you revere. It is a classic film. It's one that you have to see if you ever go to film school, and it's not a Hitchcock film. It's a foreign film. Oh shit! Take a guess. Uh, 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 jeez, oh, a Truffaut film? Nope. Um, good guess. I'll give you. I'll give you. Give me one more guess. Oh shit! Uh, the Bicycle Thief. <laughs> Seven Samurai. Get the get the whole <laughs> fuck out of here! What are you? Oh what man! What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh. Fuck you, Zack Snyder! Nothing. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! This, who have been waiting this whole podcast for that? Oh, I can't breathe. Oh. I can't breathe. It's so good. Oh, you laid that ostrich egg on me, man! What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It just gives you a gives you kind of like a a glimpse into the a glimpse into the mind of Zack Snyder. Self-aggrandizing motherfucker! God damn it! I don't even, I don't even know. I have no comment. It's just my o- my only peer is Akira Kurosawa. It's, it's... <laughs> I, I I for real was gonna say Watchmen because I I thought that Zack Snyder was influenced <laughs> by Zack Snyder. <laughs> oh man, I wish he would have said that. I then I was been... gonna say Mystery Men because. <laughs> Yeah. The parallels are there. I supposedly <laughs> that film was directed by uh, by Tim Burton, actually, Incognito. Mm. Incognito, Tim Burton. All right, let's move on. Something uh, I really don't want to spend a whole lot of time with this because we just got a little glimpse of it, but it looks hella cool. They are releasing a film next year, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, and the really really cool thing about this film one, it's animated, and it's it's a really interesting art design. Uh, for this film, but it it focuses and features Miles Morales, Spider Man. So so the Ultimate Spider Man. Uh, you do see a glimpse of another Spider Man at one point, and he's there's like a little thing like on the button that says like how many are there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oddly enough, I thought this was originally gonna be voiced by Donald Glover. That is not the case. I'm super disappointed about that. It's, no Gambino. Uh, no, no Gambino to be had this time. Uh, Shamik Moore, who is from The Get Down on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, he sounds good, and I'm sure he'll do a great job. I just, you know, wish it was Donald Glover. Uh, Leave Shriver is in it. We don't know who he's going to be. Sabretooth. Uh, okay, well, right. He is Sabretooth, but I don't think. <laughs> I like where you're going. You know, Sony, Sony's like, you won't notice. Let's just do it. <laughs> Quick, while they're while Disney's busy with 20th Century Fox, <laughs> just do whatever. Like a pirate radio station. Put Voltron in there. It doesn't. 
Lionel's piloting him. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. They, they, Re- they, Re- they low-key do their own Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One, yeah. Ready Player Two. Uh, <laughs> we're going to... Th- we're going to throw the trailer on, on the thread on facebook.com forward slash Neil before pod. It looks really cool. Just the art design, the, the way that the character is modeled, uh, sort of, it's very computer graphic, but I don't know. It's really hard to explain. It's, it's, it's something you really have to see. Yeah. It's if you're all- familiar at all with the video game world, like uh, guilty gear, the whole series nowadays, it used to be 2d like animated, but now it's all 3d models made to look like it's still 2d. I think they're kind of using the same tech here, yeah. kind of like uh, using 3D models, but they're cell shading it really, really nice. Look, looks really good. It's also directed by Lloyd and Miller, who, who did again 21 Jump Street and Lego Movie, so they definitely know their way around an animated film. And it's a, it's going to be a theatrical release. This isn't like a directed DVD, Blu-ray, 4K thing. It's it's that was surprising. Let's <clears throat> say full fledged release, and it, and not only that, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. Into the Spider-Verse? Uh, you know what that means? That means Spider-Gwen can be in this film. And if you yep. throw Spider-Gwen and Miles into a movie with, like, Peter or whatever other Spider-Man you want to throw, I'm going to see this movie ten times. I don't <laughs> care how bad it is. <laughs> if it's good, I'll see it twenty times. Like, it, I'm going to see this movie so many times. I'm, I'm super psyched. What do you, I, so you're not crazy super fan like I am. What, what were your thoughts on this trailer? Uh, it looks great, like you said. Um, it's really cool how they're incorporating those kind of like the, the dots, the kind of like the comic book. Uh, I forget there's like a guy who kind of like pioneered. Them. I forget the name now, but um, you know, like it, there's like, one scene where like he's running alongside of a bus and like a car crashes. And he like touches, yeah, and it like slow mo's real quick. Yeah, and it kind of flash frames like a comic book page, like a comic panel. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really good. And that so it looks out of this world. Um, I, it's interesting. There's no Iron Man verse. I don't. There's a Spider Verse, but no, no Iron Man Verse. <laughs> is that a shot at a at a certain former co-host? So, what's up, big homie? Yeah, what's up, babe? We see you. Oh man, real quick. This is a, this is a, this okay? Sort of potential spoiler for Infinity War, I guess. But this is just Tony Stark's Iron Man. This is just conjecture. <laughs> this is just conjecture. Uh, but Iggy and I were talking about this. And I, I kept replaying that clip so much to him. It was, make, it was putting him in so much distress. But I did realize something once I saw that GIF and that video clip so many times. And maybe it's just my mind playing tricks on me. Mm-hmm. But that Iron Man, the, the bleeding heart or bleeding edge armor Iron Man, yeah. looks a little different. The outline of that Iron Man looks just a little different to me. Hmm. Like maybe somebody else is in the armor there, and it's huh. not Tony Stark. See, what I was thinking was in um, you Wakanda, know, when they have that, you know, the last kind of thing where there's a, you can see the Hulkbuster armor kind of taking on the, the group of enemies, whatever, yeah. before the rest of the Avengers charge out. I was thinking that that's War Machine in the, in the Hulkbuster. It's possible. I, see, I think it might. Okay, again, these are... These are just us guessing. I think it might be Bruce Banner. Oh shit! All right. And here's my only reason for saying that. Like, this is this, I've, I've and other people have said this too, but this is, this is my reasoning. There's a quick scene where the Hulkbuster kind of like lands on the ground. Yeah. Like he looks like he had just been jumping, and uh-huh. it's very similar to the way the Hulk moves. 
Okay. And when the Hulk you know what? like I... lands and, and I... kind of jumps, it's yeah, yeah. very similar to the point oh, where shit. I was like, dude, is that Banner? Is it and Banner be- in there? At the beginning of the trailer, he's standing uh, in front of like uh, one of the gauntlets of the Hulkbuster armor. Right. Banner, in, in Banner form. Right. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. We do. We, I think we do see Hulk though, right? In one of the other clips, like we do. in Wakanda. So I, I don't know. I just that's kind of what I was thinking. But I, I, I do think there might be something to the um, Hulkbuster. He's maybe not Tony, and maybe the the Iron Man that gets dusted by Thanos is also not Tony. Yeah. Well, we did see that Iron Man three played a big part. Right. So I mean, we'll see. Uh man, how did we get sidetracked off of that? Uh, Spider Verse, <laughs> whatever. Okay, last thing, last topic of the show this week, but it's one that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, oh. It's very clear that we're pretty big fans of this show, but we're gonna we're gonna run through Runaways, uh, Marvel uh-huh. Runaways. And it is actually Marvel's Runaways. If you go on Hulu and try to type it in, because it, it, that there's that movie, the the you know the Jones the. Uh, well, the Runaway, the, the Joan Jett, <laughs> you know, the movie like from a few years ago, so they had to do Marvel's Runaways, if you have trouble finding it on Hulu for whatever reason. Also, oh, by the way, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is now on Netflix, so yep. if you haven't seen it... Mary Poppins, y'all! Just, yeah, man, go watch it. It's fun. It's maybe not, it's probably not as good as the first one, but it's still it's a good time. All right, Marvel Runaways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. Uh-huh. Tell me if uh, true or false. Right. Marvel Marvel's Runaways on Hulu is the most comic accurate adaptation to date. Oh, uh shit. Uh True-ish? Okay. Uh, I'll say I'll say Trueish just because the first episode almost like very beholden to the first the first couple of issues. Uh, of Runaways, and that's great to see. It's, it's great to see that they're familiar with the source material. Um, it is an adaptation. It's not going to be one for one. Right. Uh, you, nothing ever. Nothing really ever should be because we already have the original to go back to. Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty faithful so far. What What really surprised me is how well all the characters, all, all the actors know the character, how well they embody them. Yeah, that's great to see. Hashtag Team Gert, by the way. Oh man, <laughs> just. He's, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel <laughs> yeah, weird. Who, who knew that Daria 2.0 would catch your attention? Yeah, okay. I mean, yes, I know we're putting this in the box of obviousness, but like, <laughs> it's a good character. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, Chris, you're the, you're the big runaway super fan. I just I just got all gushy about Spider Verse and Miles and, and Gwen. This is your baby. So. Sweet, sweet boy. What uh, what has stood out to you most so far for Marvel Runaways? Hmm. The that there, it's a it's an actual series. I mean, I don't know why this isn't on a network TV station. To be honest, right? Uh, yeah, no. The production value is really, really nice. Um, everything looks uh, really well put together. The special effects actually fit in really well. I thought they were. I, I was gonna be afraid that since it's on like a streaming only channel. Right. That it was going to be a little bit less than, but no, this is kind of getting the de- the, the daredevil treatment. Um, yeah, I, I'm really impressed by uh, the production values. Do you have a favorite character so far? Hmm. Maybe it's, it's always it's always going to be Nico. 
Right. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I do like the way that they kind of change Molly up. Um, Molly Hayes has transformed into Molly Hernandez, which isn't that big of a change, but she kind of is an adopted daughter, uh, adopted sister to Gert. Um, a lot of the family's kind of circumstances have changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's fine to see. I mean, the, what what's happening is that they're inhabiting the world now, which is fine because the right. Runaways came out in like uh, what early two thousands, like oh five oh six somewhere. In yeah. There. So. Yeah, it's it's totally fine that they're inhabiting the world of now, which you know it's it's nice to see that they're in this world, and then there's a lot of you know, like very similar, a lot of similacra to what's going on these days. I really uh, every, everybody yeah. takes a lift everywhere. Everybody I was gonna say, lift. I was gonna say, I'm really glad you mentioned that because this is the first show I think I've ever seen where their ride sharing is like constant thing in the show. Like I'm like, no, but the, these are rich kids in California, so of course. Also, yeah. did you notice uh it's real quick, but in the first episode sp- by the way, spoilers for the show, I guess, but we're, we're we'll try not to uh to spoil anything big. But like uh, in the first episode, they're at the school when Gert's trying to get people to join her club. Those are all standing desks. Really? Yeah, they're not like they're like the standing like progressive desks that they okay, have in the wow. <laughs> which, which is like a very – and again, these characters inhibit a version of California where they're all wealthy. They all come from wealthy families. Uh-huh. I'm fairly certain that if not one – one if not two of the producers on the OC work on this show. Okay. Which makes sense because yeah. you know, they know that world really well. Yeah, yeah. They do have rich kid problems, but they also have budding superhero problems too. Yeah, I mean they, they got like 99 problems. <laughs> but uh, but a loose Velociraptor ain't one. Well, actually, oh. it is. One. It actually is one though. <laughs> yeah, that's a major plot point for one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's great to see this. I mean, I, I feel really spoiled now because for so long <laughs> I've just been like, oh, Runaways, Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, but now I'm getting like, it's coming back in the in the in the comics. Uh, we're getting a, a great new uh, volume by a. Uh, uh, I forget her last name, but Rainbow something. And, uh, Rainbow Bright. Ra- Ra- Rainbow, that's not her last name. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'll try to look uh, it up. You say it's a Runaways writer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Chris Anka is uh, doing all the art for it. And um, it, it's just, it's it's great. It's beautiful. Uh, and then we uh, have... Rob- uh, R- Rowell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we get this. Uh, <laughs> man, just go back to that one time you told me that they're planning on uh, Hulu, to have the Runaway series, and that... How I just lit up that one day. It saved that day. It was having a bad day. <laughs> it just made me so happy. Right. I, it's, it's great. I'm kind of compromised in my opinion of Runaways. I, I, nothing they can do right now is that bad. Um, I'm just saying, like, to go from there and all of the time that's passed since then, and for them to, for this to be the show, like, mm-hmm. how relieved and elated are you? Like, because it, oh, yeah. it's so, it is actually really good. It's a really good show. Yeah, Not yeah. even just a superhero or comic book show. They've really got that teen drama, you know, like a, like a, like a 90210 kind of thing, but like better, but better than that. But it, but it's got kind of that, like so, a little bit of that nine times soap opera vibe to it mm-hmm. in, in, in a great way, in a way that Most keeps definitely. you wondering. There's so many different plot threads going on. Right. There's a lot more focus on the parents, too, now. Uh, they're not just kind of like, um, you know, well, I mean, not to say that it wasn't in the source material, but uh, we're getting a fair share of, like, you know, their backstories and kind of like we're, uh, you know, kind of um, Some of their motivations. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Seeing how we can be sympathetic to them, too. Um, 
Which is not to say it's not been without its faults. This most recent episode has kind of been a little uh, kind of iffy on some of the pacing some parts. But overall, it's yeah. managing to keep it all together. Yeah, if you haven't given it a watch, I, we, we both highly recommend that you, that you all watch at least the first two episodes. I feel like they, they give you a yeah. good foundation. I think the best way that I that I can give praise to the show or think about it is that you know each episode is released on Hulu I think on a Tuesday and I don't know that there's anything else that I look forward most more forward to seeing each week like I don't I don't plan watching television that often you know other than like a Spurs game or whatever but like for a show where I'm actually looking forward to the next episode each week I think runaways is the first show that i've felt that about that way in a long time mm. so i mean like i remember like first season flash was kind of like that or like the second season of arrow you know so it was, yeah. it's been some time it'll be interesting to see where they go because so much of the comic once the arc dealing with the parents specifically is over the the, the comic goes in such a very dynamically different direction and it incorporates a lot of other characters mm-hmm. i wonder i wonder what they're gonna do here that's gonna be interesting to see yeah um it seems like in episode five they kind of left it on a point where like uh it's either gonna go like really really real world seriousness or they're gonna have to raise the stakes by kind of bringing some of the source material back in um but the whole reason why the pride is the pride right uh, but um yeah it's gonna things are gonna get the stakes only get higher from here on out. If you like the comic, I think you'll like the show. If you like the show and haven't read the comic, read the comic. There are differences, so it doesn't really spoil things for you. I don't. I feel like, it, for the most part, uh, there is one one character in particular that has a huge turn, and I'm wondering if they're going to do that in the show in the same way, or if it's going to be something different. Yeah. Um, but. But I don't think it's one of those things where I feel like in the show they've done a great job of making it its own thing where as long as you're keeping up with the episodes, it's a great story. You would, you shouldn't have – you haven't have had to have read Runaways oh, yeah, at all not. to watch this show uh, where there are some – you know, there are other times when comic properties are a little guilty of that where they're – there's so much mythology and backstory to, to some of right. the things that they do that you do kind of have to, to be a nerd and know it. This one, I feel like, honestly, if you're a fan of the OC, watch it. If you're a fan of uh, Melrose Melrose Place, watch it. Yeah, any any straggling Buffy fans? James Marsters is in it. It's kind of fun to see him at work. It's so weird that he's older now. It freaks yeah. <laughs> me out. Like, I can't, my brain doesn't even process it that well. Vampires like, don't age. Just like, why? How old am I? Like, what is... Every time he's on screen, that's what I think. How old am I? It's just—it's <laughs> the only thing that's not enjoyable about the show. All right. Well, I think that brings us to a close this week. Uh, we will—I mean, there is a bunch of other little tidbits of news that we'll cover on the next step. But we really wanted to touch on the uh, 20th Century Fox Disney news and, of course, Justice League and Runaways because I—I I don't think I could more highly recommend a new program that's comic book related than runaways uh chris any final thoughts on any of the topics that we covered this week i hate junkie xo okay it's 100 accurate all right until next time everyone the fortress of potitude is closed stay super everybody so long y'all